Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 28, Acting Out. Mary, what happened this week? Andrea is still super anxious about her pregnancy, and to make matters worse, Jesse has to go to San Francisco to do clerk things. It's okay, though. He left her an exercise tape to hang out with while he's gone. Donna, who can't get anyone to not think about the stupid play for 10 minutes and hang out with her, tries to rekindle her bond with Andrea, even though they're not both virgins anymore. Turns out that's kind of a sore subject, though. Later, when Donna comes over to apologize for offending Andrea, Andrea goes into premature labor. Donna helps her to the hospital, where Andrea is given medicine to stop the contractions. Donna vows to be there for Andrea until the moment she gives birth. Yeah, okay, so... The writers are mad at Andrea, right? Yeah, like something is going on because they're, yeah, they, the dialogue around this is just confusing. (laughs) It's, it's very much like a caricature of a pregnancy where she's like worried that something's wrong and Jesse's like, it's okay. I bought you a workout video. Bye. Yeah, which, I guess that's why you don't really want to get pregnant in college when you don't know anything. <laughs> it's just so weird. It is weird. And like we knew from I think it was last episode where Andrea was like, oh, no, I can just feel something's wrong. And like she had been told by her doctor, everything's fine. Jesse was trying to mansplain what pregnancy is and. All that kind of stuff. And so we're like, okay, yeah, something's definitely going to be wrong. We just don't know what it is. And so it's it's sometime later. And, yeah, she still feels like something's wrong. Jesse has to go. She leaves the tape, or he leaves the tape. And she's just like, this isn't great, but you go be a lawyer. I'll be the stay-at-home mom. Like, yeah, it's already happening. Yeah, and it's, like funny you brought up the last episode because it kind of feels like he's like mansplaining again to her to be like you're fine you're just stressed do yoga right like you just need to relax like he may as well have said chill out (laughs) this i feel like it's kind of annoying me at the moment but i feel like later in life when she's a doctor and he's a lawyer it's going to be very interesting to see the two of them try to be like well as a doctor i can tell you this I feel like, you know how, uh, here's the first Gilmore Girls reference of the episode. This might be a record for the quickest um, reference, the earliest reference in in an episode. But do you remember when, like, Paris in college, she wanted to be pre-med as well as go to law school? It's like Mm -hmm. she wanted to do both. And so I feel like Jesse and Andrea are what Paris would be like if she were two people. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so perfect. Amy Sherman Palladino saw the two of them and was like, I can do better. (laughs) I can make it one person (laughs) and make her the best character. Oh, my God. Right. Same amount of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Seriously, though. But yeah, it's like we're going to hear so many well actuallys coming from both of them. Like once they're actually doctors and lawyers. Crazy. Forever. But yeah, because he the reason he needs to leave is because of his federal clerkship in San Francisco. So he, I guess, needs to leave for the weekend, which very interesting that law happens on the weekend. 
I thought that too. I was like, first of all, is this the right time? Like, did is this continuity like right from when he said he had the clerkship? I don't remember. But then number two, isn't he leaving on a Friday? Yeah. So I I think continuity is right because I think the idea was they were both going to move to San Francisco over the summer, maybe? Um, Is it summertime? It's close. I think this episode was like April 24th or something. Okay. 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 So maybe maybe he's going up to like get stuff set up for them. Could be. Maybe like that's what he's doing. Yeah. So maybe that's good. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, Jesse's still – Jesse's sweeter. I'm still not super excited about the like, you need to calm down. Here's a yoga video. Right. No, me neither. It's like here, that's like putting an iPad in front of your toddler. (laughs) Andre even says something like that too. She's like, you're not going to do this with our child, are you? (laughs) Bro, Andrea, just you wait. I know. Oh, man. And And then like sometime like much later – Right? Like, we don't see her again until much later with Donna at the Peach Pit. Yeah, I think it's that Friday night because that night is like the same time that the prom happens. So I think it's mm. Friday night. That makes sense. Yeah. But and yeah, they're sitting down. First, it was Donna and Brenda talking about how different things are. Right? Or did I write that down wrong? Um, yeah, so Donna and Brenda earlier in that day had talked about the Peach Pit sorority meeting, and Brenda was like, no, I'm not going because of Kelly, and Kelly wouldn't go because of Brenda, so now it's just Donna and Andrea. Yeah. Because this is the scene where she was like, whatever held us together in high school is gone, and it's catching up to us. And I really, like, in my little parentheses in my notes, I was like, could it have been Kelly stealing Brenda's boyfriend? Yeah, could it have been, I don't know, infidelity within friend group? <laughs> I can't imagine what tore you apart. Yeah, this isn't rocket science, ladies. But no, it, surely that's not what it is. Surely it's the fact that Andrea is no longer a virgin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Donna, sweet baby angel, love her to death. But her being like, the girl you were wouldn't recognize the girl you are now. I mean, this guy, this guy, now you're pregnant. You were going to go to Yale and now you're not. Like... Stop digging. It was just weird to come out of Donna's mouth because she's usually, I I even think somebody said, yeah, at the end of this episode, um, I think Jesse even says that like Donna's, like Andrea's always talked about Donna being like the guardian angel or just some sort of angel. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that even the writers knew that by writing that, they were putting Donna out of character by saying that because she typically is like very not judgmental. She's very supportive and just kind of go with the flow, Donna. Um, And yeah, the fact that she just like listed Andrea's partners was like, whoa, hang on. Just because you didn't, just because you've only had David (laughs) doesn't mean you should shame Andrea. Yeah, this was honestly like, a very weird episode to me for a lot of reasons and I feel like in this storyline like yeah that's weird to me and then Andre is just like look I liked being virgins with you I really did (laughs) (laughs) who is writing this dialogue remember that time we were virgins oh my god best time of my life (laughs) 
It was just so weird. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't feel like I all of a sudden, like, was a virgin and then wasn't and, like, 180'd. You know, like, I'm still the exact same person. I can't distinguish, like, who I was before and who I am after. It's it's this weird thing because the writers have made such a big deal about Donna being a virgin. And, like, I feel like they're putting that into the characters right now. And I'm like, I don't know that, like, that just feels weird for Andrea saying this. And it feels weird for Donna to have said the thing to her in the first place. And... Honestly, I get why Andrea, like, gets up and walks off. Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent, like, like I can understand her being upset and be like, hey, judgy, like, who are you? But at the same time, I was like, okay, she's overreacting a little bit because, like, this isn't something Donna would say. Like, maybe Andrea, using your rap line experience, diagnosed that this isn't really about the number of people that Andrea slept with, it's probably the lack of people Donna slept with. That's really probably the problem. And, you know, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, she's hormonal right now. She's going to be sensitive to stuff, especially the fact that this, whether or not she's admitted it, this pregnancy messes up her plan for herself. And she, you know, she had a plan. Yeah. I mean, I think the intention of it, you know, is Donna kind of holding up a mirror to Andrea and being like, hey, we all see what's going on in your life and how everything has changed from last year. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, there was no level of sensitivity in there that I do kind of feel like Donna should have had. Totally. Absolutely. Especially because she's been so great up until this point. To me, it felt like Donna was just talking without really thinking about what she was saying. Like, the words just came out of her as an observation, but I feel like she just put no thought into how that would sound hearing it as the person who did those two people and is now pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, I don't know, I feel like... Maybe it's just because we've watched four seasons of this show, but I feel like knowing the friends that you have, I feel like you consider every single thing you say before you say it. Yeah. She forgot to turn her filter on because Brenda isn't there. That's (laughs) fair. I mean, think about it. Brenda usually is the one with no filter or at least the one that like says what everyone's thinking, but doesn't have like a way to tactfully say it. And then Donna's usually one was like, well, this is what she meant. <laughs> and because Brenda's not there to do it, Donna had to do the whole thing. <laughs> and Brenda's the one who's going to get the most offended, even if you make an offhand comment about anything. Very true. She's like the offender and the offended all at the same time. <laughs> I guess it's the same night after Andrea storms out. She goes home and is eating ice cream while doing her yoga. Which, I mean, props. I think that was an amazing decision. It totally was. She's like, screw this. I'm just trying to get my mind off of what potentially might be wrong with my baby growing inside me. So I'm also going to eat ice cream and be happy about it. <laughs> right? Like like all of my favorite vet shows say, food is love. It really is. But Donna comes over to apologize. And we don't actually, like, we kind of see apologies because like Donna shows up and Andrea's like you don't even have to say anything and Donna's like well then you won't hear my apology for being terrible and Andrea will be like but you won't hear my apology for being hormonal and then and then she goes into labor exactly which 
I was like, at the time, I was like, hang on, there's no way she's in labor right now. It is far too early. And then, like, she actually, like, first of all, first of all, she has the pains. Donna is exactly who I'd need in a crisis. She immediately goes to the phone, calls the doctor, like, immediately talks through it, very calm, like, urgent, but calm. And they get to the hospital and they say that Andrea is getting her labor stopped by medicine. And I was like, hold up. She went through labor pains at six months? Far too early. Like, like dangerously early. Far. And is that possible? Like, does that happen? I mean, I think it definitely happens. I don't know enough about labor and, like, premature birth and whatnot to know how it all works. But I, I feel pretty confident in saying six months is way too early. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was extremely premature. And I think I was, like... Seven. I, I was born at seven months, I think. And I was considered very premature. So it's like, yes, I can't believe that. And plus, like, I don't know enough about contractions and such, but I feel like contractions, you know what? Maybe she had Braxton Hicks and they just didn't call it Braxton Hicks. See, that's what I was just thinking about as you were, like, you said the word contraction and I was like, could it have been Braxton Hicks? But I don't know because they say they give her medicine to stop it and doesn't Braxton Hicks like go away and they're like no it's just false labor pains like those will happen yeah so I don't I don't know that's crazy though also side note which is to me hilarious I don't remember what sport but there is a sport out there where there's an athlete named Braxton Hicks (laughs) Oh my goodness. And Love that for I him. It, right? Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> I mean, it's actually a pretty good name. I mean, it like, is, but like, if you know what it is, you're like, that is not original, mama. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anywho. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, really pretty much it with them like Andrea gets to the doctor uh this is the Donna that we expect to see who is just like amazing in calling the doctor getting them a heads up getting her to the hospital calling Jesse so that Jesse can come racing back and then in the next morning like uh, she's at Andrea's house making her breakfast and you know doing all these great things Jesse's calling her an angel and then poor little baby Donna says that she feels like what she said to Andrea caused her to go into early labor and it broke my heart. But that's kind of like so true for Donna, right? That That's why the comment she made was so out in left field because she absolutely puts the guilt on herself, right? Like she puts it on and she's like, oh no, it's all my fault. Like if I had never said that, you would be totally fine. And that's so Donna. And yeah, it's so sad, but like, I, I get it. Like, I would probably think the same thing if I were her. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I just want to give her a little hug. I know. Little baby Donna. Sweet little guardian angel. Yeah. But, I mean, luckily, like, Andrea gets the medicine to stop her labor. She's, like, presumably good to go for a little while longer. Jesse's back. Nobody's fighting anymore. Mm-hmm. Technically, the story ends pretty okay yep 
because we don't know if there's any more feelings that Andre has that something's still wrong or if that was it and now they've solved it and they just have to like, you know, keep up with the medicine or, or do some maybe calming techniques. Who knows? But yeah, it just kind of ties up and we think, okay, everything's fixed or so we think. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll be really curious to see if they continue this thread of like Andrea and her baby through the end of the season because we've only got two or three episodes left. I don't remember how many are in this season. I know the last one's like a two-parter. But like even then, that's only what, one more month? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um. Brandon? Yeah. The Chancellor is thrilled that Brandon is taking Claire to her senior prom, but this is the first Brandon's heard about it. Instead of just, like, saying that, Brandon plays along. He later confronts Claire about it, and she's like, If I don't ask, I won't hear the answer I don't want. Someone teach this girl consent. Brandon picks Claire up for the prom and even buys her a little corsage. They don't go to prom, though. They end up at a party in a hotel instead with Claire's friends, blue dress, and wet boy. Claire leaves Brandon to dance with her friends, and Brandon has one sip of beer, which means you know it's all going to turn into a shit show. On the balcony, Claire flashes some people on the street and then tells them what room they're in before pouring her drink out on them. When they knock on the door, Brandon tells them to leave. They break the door down and punch him in the face. Then, hotel management kicks the guys out, and then the party out, and Brandon and Claire stay to clean up and pay for the damages without getting the chancellor involved. Claire tells Brandon she basically hates her life and wants him to care about her. Brandon takes her home. He demands Claire leave him alone, and she's like, I know you don't mean that. Oof. Yeah. This girl, I tell you. She's kind of scary. Yeah. Like, I am afraid of her. I would, yeah. If I were Brandon, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'd be doing right now because, like, like he's just asking for trouble and he's he's trying to get away from it but he's not trying hard enough that's the thing he's really not trying hard enough i mean when he and steve run into the chancellor at the beginning and the chancellor's like brand tell brandon to stop going behind my back like i swear you saw brandon's heart fall out of his butt where he's like i would never do anything <laughs> to hurt you i swear papa <laughs> please love me i want to meet the president sir that's the thing. Like, now I'm like, oh, crap. Brandon's not going to get to meet the president. <laughs> <laughs> We're invested now. He has to meet him. <laughs> if Bill Clinton is not in the last episode of this season, I quit. <laughs> That's <Seriously>? a lie. <laughs> I, I don't think I've wanted anything more. It's like when Leslie Nope be- met Joe Biden. Oh my like, god, you you take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not quite at that level, but it is like kind of up there. I mean, they've just mentioned it so much. They've mentioned it more than I think almost as much has have they said Brandon is going to meet the president as Brandon hates dancing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is this is part of Brandon. This is within Brandon. It has to happen. Which I mean that's got to be why he accepts this date at like yeah. less what 12 hours notice. 
Yeah, it seems like it, or thereabouts. Yeah, because, like, he and Steve are going to play baseball or something. I don't really have a total idea of what time of day it is. I guess it would be, like, mid-afternoon because they go to the peach pit after playing baseball, assuming they actually played, and Claire Mm -hmm. is there. So you assume, like, she's out of school. I guess, assuming she didn't skip school. Yeah, that's a good point. Because... We get our one Nat scene where she's reading Nat's palm, and then he says, like, thanks for that, and then leaves. Yeah, and, like, Brandon is, like, talking about how, like, what the heck are you doing? Like, how, how you know, how could you say I'm taking your your prom? Like, usually when people, you know, go to a prom, they're usually asked, and Claire's like, yeah, but you would have said no. It's like... <laughs> can't fault that logic (laughs) right like hint maybe just yeah this girl all i can say is this girl i know i just like (laughs) ugh, i have no words we need honestly though we need more like not necessarily of this behavior but we just need more about claire and more interaction with her and not brandon um because she has the potential to be an awesome, and, and from what I remember, I can't say too much, but she has the potential to be an awesome character. But it's like, all we know her as is as basically like the little sister who is super annoying and can't take no for an answer and can't take a hint. I mean, they're definitely trying to pull like an Emily Valentine part two, but like, I don't know, like going from Fast and Furious to Too Fast, Too Furious. Like they're upping <laughs> the ante here. Because, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it at the end, but, like, I think there is, like, a boiling point at the end of this episode that we'll see a different side of, like, a more, a bigger side of Claire. Like, we've already seen it. It's going to come out more. Yeah, totally. Because that's really all that happens in the Peach Pit. And so we don't see them uh, for a while. Yeah, until Brandon goes to pick her up at the prom. And, like... It is something. Because, like, her little dress is really cute. I think it's, like, a whole 90s mood to be wearing above-the-elbow black gloves with a black mini dress. Yeah. All of it. Um, For sure. It kind of reminded me of the spring dance outfits that Kelly and Brenda had. But, like, Mm -hmm. the Claire version of it. Yep. And then... The chancellor is, like, insisting on taking so many pictures of them. Meanwhile, Claire is in Brandon's ears being like, I'm going to give you a night that you'll never forget. If this show had not been on network, can you imagine what she would have said? (laughs) I really can't. Because this is the kind of girl, like, she's Eve, like, from Dawson's Creek. Like, this is the kind of girl that you don't bring home to mother and you do wild and crazy things with and i think brandon even said it a couple episodes ago about how she's basically a fantasy i think he did that feels right yeah okay because he says he doesn't dance and then she says you're in for a wild ride Mm -hmm. that's the quote because then he like the chancellor takes that picture of like deer in the headlights brandon exactly Exactly. And and Claire's all like, oh, come on. I wouldn't waste our night together on going to like a high school dance. Diabolical. You know, 
you know the chancellor is going to put up multiple pictures of them around the house. <laughs> There's going to be one in the bedroom, and he's going to be like, and this is my daughter, and this <laughs> is the head of the task force from 1994, Brandon Walsh, who went to meet the president. What if, like, he pulls a gem, Walsh, and is like, this is Brandon, and this is Brandon's date, but it's <laughs> his own daughter. <laughs> Uh, Other people are like, oh, this is such a great picture of Claire. And he's like, oh, you mean Brandon? Yeah. You mean the person, you mean the one standing next to Brandon? <laughs> Have I told you about Brandon Walsh? He's on the task force. Guy. But But anyway, they leave and they go to a party at a hotel. And like, true or false, all of those extras were in their 30s. True. They looked so old. I was like, these are not teenagers. I refuse to believe. No. They go in. They are immediately, like, standing next to the drinks and whatnot. And Brandon even mentions his DUI, which I was shocked by. And also, he um, clearly remembers his accident differently than I do because he said he got wrapped around a telephone pole or something like that or wrapped around something no homeboy you straight up t-boned like you didn't get wrapped around anything you t-boned yeah i feel like there are definitely ways to tell this story that like lightens up what happened and i feel like that's what he was doing of just trying to be like no i don't really drink i got into an accident one time while i was drinking and driving mm-hmm. like, mm, you could have killed a guy and you spent the night in jail right that's how i tell the story <laughs> Yeah, Why like, is it that whenever this comes back, it's always Brandon making a joke about it? And, like, right after he says it, he picks up a beer. It's like, I, I don't understand. It's very much that whole, like, I'm going to lighten this so people don't think less of me. When in reality, it was a very serious, like, action that led to very serious and potentially even more serious consequences. And the second this party gets a little out of what I expect it to be, I'm just going to grab that beer and take that chance again. Because it's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this show definitely, like, maybe it's like an early 90s thing. I don't know. But, like, we keep seeing this where they kind of, like, tone down recovery and whatnot. Yeah. It's like. I guess this is just what we do. I guess so. Because, I mean, to be fair, like, we we see him open the beer, but we don't actually see him continue drinking. He doesn't really act drunk the rest of the time. So, like, I guess he's learned how to responsibly drink when he has to drive at the end of the night. I don't know. Perhaps. I mean, he is on the task force and he's going to meet the president. So he's responsible. He's learned. He's mature now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his date is standing out on the balcony pretending to be drunk and flashing men on the street. Yeah, because then, like, uh, wet boy, wet hair boy, he even says, like, oh, yeah, that's just how she is. Like, she doesn't even really drink. She just invites, like, like, or she just likes to go to parties and then inviting random people up to the party. So she's just wild. She's just, she's just having, she's just wilding out. Yeah, and apparently this is just, like, totally acceptable, which makes mm-hmm. no sense to me because 
She tells them their room number. I don't know, like, I don't know how they got into the hotel and up to the room and, like, to the door without anybody seeing them. Because security shows up pretty quickly, so maybe they did see, but, like, you'd think someone would have stopped them in the lobby. Right, right. And not only did were they just random people, they were straight up cat calling her and she flashes them. So not probably not the right people you want to be inviting up to the room anyway. Yeah, and I mean like, you know, she's wild whatever. Like they should have taken the hint when the door was locked and they said you can't come in to mm-hmm. not break down the door. Uh, but I did think it was pretty hilarious. When they start banging on the door and Brandon goes, if we're quiet, maybe they'll just leave. (laughs) I know, right? He somehow got the whole party to be quiet for a few minutes. And then it was like, guys, just promise me. I know. I have experience with parties. If you're just quiet, they'll go away. (laughs) I was like, this is how you know this is like. The older guy who feels responsible to take care of the party. He's like, teenagers. Yep. Shh. <laughs> Pretend you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it was like 40 to 2. Right? Like, when the guys break down the door and start yelling at Claire, like Brandon gets in front of them and then like the really short fight breaks out where like Brandon clearly won because he's Brandon. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't anybody else do anything? Yeah. Yeah, everyone very, like, much did the, the the whole, like, disperse thing once problems started happening. Which, like, to an extent I get, but at the same time, I refuse to believe that any of those drunk people weren't just like, I could take them. Just let me in. Mm-hmm. But, like, literally, I think, like, three punches get thrown before hotel security runs in and just like shuts the party down like that yeah and that security guard is like very mad at brandon um well he's clearly in charge exactly he's mad he's at the man the in charge mm-hmm. and now someone has to like basically figure out how to take care of all this because there's a lot of weirdly because there's only three punches thrown weirdly there's a lot of property damage in the room which I don't – I have no idea how this party worked. Like, they got a big hotel suite. They broke a table. Like, I guess maybe they broke some more stuff before security came in. But, like, someone was going to have to pay for something at some point. Like, all of these kids presumably are rich. Right, right. And, I mean, to be fair, I guess, you know, Claire says she'll call her dad and get the money and Brandon is just like – Absolutely not. You will not call my surrogate father and you will not tell him any of this because I will not get in trouble because I have to meet the president. And like, I don't know. The the last scene we really see from prom is just like whiplash. I think that's the best way I can put it because they finally pay for everything They were, what, like $300 short or something, so Brandon had to front the money. Mm -hmm. And then when he's mad at Claire, she threatens to jump off a balcony, strangle herself with her own hands, and then she's like, well, we have this hotel room all to ourselves, and tries to get him to sleep with her. She's extremely desperate for his attention. Like, 
Yeah, to the point where she's talking about self-harm. She's talking about trying to seduce him. Like, literally doing whatever it takes or whatever she thinks will convince him to give her attention. And I hate it. I hate it so much. And I think it's because I really just don't understand it. Like, I, I yeah. just don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I don't understand it mostly because it's like, if you're going to those lengths to get a guy to give you attention, it's not real attention. It's not real affection. It's not real love. And obviously, as a 17-year-old, Claire probably doesn't know this and doesn't understand this. So she's doing the only things that she can think of that maybe she's seen work for other people. But then... All we've ever seen a Dean like is just this kind of like whole home, like very ordinary guy who's obsessed with Brandon. So you presume that Claire's not getting any attention from him either. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like somehow she's managed to hide all of this from him, mm-hmm. maybe like. She can literally just, like, flip a switch where when she's home, she's, like, in her, you know, private school uniform being like, hey, daddy, like, I'm going to school. I'm amazing. And then the second she leaves, she's like, I'm going to go stalk Brandon Walsh. Yeah. It's crazy. And, like, literally, she she's exhibiting stalker behavior because the next day Brandon goes to the auditions to support Brenda and after the audition is over he comes back outside and Claire is there and like she's like oh I went by your house and your parents told me where you were and that was like literally the boiling point I think because because Brandon gets big Brandon mad yeah I don't remember exactly what he said but he's like don't call me don't talk about me don't look for me on and on and on just like all up in her face, all in front of everybody. And like that's that's not gonna go well. No, because Claire Claire already said, I know you don't mean that. I this just, is the problem, Claire. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Okay. What if Brandon makes it all the way to Washington, but he doesn't meet the president because of Claire? Yeah, I can see that happening. Like, she, like, stalks him all the way to Washington and then gets in trouble or gets hurt or something bad happens. Yeah. Like, either, like, she does something to him that means that he, like, gets pulled from the program or, like, yeah, she gets in trouble and he takes it upon himself as White Knight Brandon to go save her. Mm-hmm. Our boy Brandon is not going to meet the president. <laughs> Poor Brandon. I feel like in 20 minutes, I've been like, he has to meet the president. And now I'm like, it's not going to happen. He has to. I mean, I hope <laughs> he does. But now I'm starting to feel like they're just not going to give it to us. The stakes have never been higher. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, oh, if he doesn't meet the president, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be so upset. Like. <laughs> We have been building up all season. You you can't take this away from me. No. Uh, but that's not even like the main story. 
I'm this so episode. excited to get to this main story, though. Yeah. Mary, you want to tell us about it? I do. Brenda has sad girl hours at the beach and then goes to see Kelly to be mad about the play some more. She basically tells Kelly to stop stealing her life. To make matters worse, for Kelly, when Kelly tries to tell Dylan she doesn't even want to be in the stupid play, he won't listen and kind of takes Brenda's side. Rude. Kelly decides to not give up the part just yet, wanting to stand her ground in this petty little fight a little bit longer. Meanwhile, Laura and Steve get a little too into their rehearsals, raising the eyebrows of literally everyone. Before the next round of auditions, Captain Leo coaches the girls in consideration for the role of Maggie. Brenda gets all grumpy when Kelly can relate to the character's mindset because of their similar life experiences. Later, Kelly meets Dylan at the beach where he proceeds to not listen to her some more and not hang out with her. He goes off with Kevin to look at some beach gunk, leaving her with Suzanne and Erica. Kelly goes to Brenda's to tell her she's decided to drop out of the play because she doesn't like acting. Still, she'll help Brenda practice some more. They're both on the same page now, and that page is their never-ending mutual jealousy over each other. Kelly quits the play right before the audition. She will not lose any sleep over weirdo, I mean Leo's, disappointment. Steve gives Laura a slip to wear for her audition because it worked for his mom or something. Brenda, who has to follow Laura's performance, freezes up and asks if she can start over. Kelly goes to see Dylan and tells him she dropped out of the play. Dylan says sorry for not listening to how she felt. They discuss Brenda, and Dylan says she's fragile, pretending to be strong, but she always lands on her feet. Then we see Brenda wearing a trench coat over a little black dress showing up at Leo's house in the night. I can't get over how the writers do Brenda, Dylan, and Kelly and manage to like keep bringing it up and having them be like, it's cool, I'm just jealous of you, and then getting over it. And then bringing it up and being like, it's cool, I'm just jealous of you, and then over and over and over again. It's rinse and repeat. Like, outside of the circumstances that we know happen with Shane and Doherty, I think they had to figure out a way to, like, make this still relevant enough to where it was constantly a little issue, you know? Like, when you have a bruise, just keep poking that bruise. Yeah. You know, is so that there's enough to almost justify, like, she's leaving. Because they haven't really given Brenda... A storyline that tells us, okay, she's got to leave. I almost, because I don't remember, shocker, I mm. almost figured the jail time and the the activism was what was going to be the thing that drives her away. But no, clearly it's going to be something around Dylan and Kelly. And it's crazy that it's taken this long to figure that out. I know, because... Like, I, I forget this every single time, but Dylan and Kelly have been together for two years, right? Which is the same they, amount of time that Brenda and Dylan were together. And, like, it's so funny watching this show, like, starting this show, having never seen it before at 30, because I'm just like, you're 16. <laughs> get over it. Like, first love, I get it. But, like, the... The last time they got in a fight over being jealous about Dylan and Kelly was like, I'm not going to be the love of his life. I was like, y'all, he's going to date other people. Yeah. Dylan is not magical. I don't. This is why 
it's sometimes a good thing to not be friends with who you were friends with in high school. Yeah. No, I mean, I felt so bad with how sad Donna was at the peach pit, but I was just like, you don't need to keep trying to like force this to happen. Exactly. But we do like, so it starts out like moody. Brenda's at the beach. She's taking a walk on the beach. Um, definitely is still bothered by the callbacks and the fact that Kelly was on the list um, after, you know, just as a reminder, after Kelly said she was going to, you know, audition for the role of Matt, uh, not Maggie, uh, it was some secondary character. Mm-hmm. And instead, she auditioned for Maggie the cat, which is the main character, and that upset Brenda because she basically sort of did it behind her back, not that she needed Brenda's permission, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, I th- I think there's definitely a whole thing of, like, acting is my thing and not your thing, and you just, like, fell into it. Yeah, it felt very, like, sibling-esque in the sense that, like, you don't necessarily want your sibling to copy you, you know? And and that could be anything from same clothes to, like, going to a restaurant and not ordering the same meal, you know? Like, like silly things all the way up to big things. It almost feels like that a little bit, but we know it's not sibling. It's It's competition yeah and like it is wild to me like further proof that you don't need to be friends with the people you were friends with in high school at the beach apartment which I think Brenda like just kind of found herself at like that's mm-hmm. how I feel is like she just walked on the beach and just ended at the beach apartment and was like I have to go confront her mm-hmm. but inside like David and Donna are so happy for Kelly getting this callback and have like bought her an acting technique book and are talking about all this stuff. And they're saying like, there's no law that you have to be a theater major like Brenda. Like you get to go do this. Everyone is so happy for Kelly and not just like, but you understand that like, this is what she wants to do with her life. And you're just like, whatever. I mean, and yeah, like I, and I get that. Like I get it's that thing of when you feel a calling to something and then somebody who views it as a hobby is better than you. Like, of course that sucks. And it sucks even more when it's like your friend. I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but like when I was in high school, I auditioned to be the drum major, which leads the marching band. And I didn't really care about it. I didn't want it. I, my mom wanted me to do it. I was basically doing it for her. There was this other person who was auditioning and he wanted it so badly and he was a year older than me. So he already like had kind of a leg up because he was a year older and typically um, seniors would get it. And so this was when I was a junior and so I didn't care. I, I tried and I, you know, like did the work or whatever, but I just didn't care. So it really sucked because this person was also like a really good friend of mine. We were in the same friend group and all that. He ended up not getting it and I did. And that was that same thing where it's like he wanted it. He wanted to do it. He tried really hard. He was doing the extra work. And then I walk in not wanting to do it, not really caring about it. And I get it. So I totally understand. And that really sucks. Like, cause I I don't think, you know, this is, there's obviously more to this than just the acting thing. It's still in, it's the competition they've always had, things like that. But yeah, it, it, it does suck. Oh yeah. I mean, I think this is just like another check in the negative column. Like 
not only did you do this and do this and do this and steal my boyfriend, which is probably like five of the reasons she's mad, like stole my boyfriend, did this, stole my boyfriend, did this, stole my boyfriend, got a part, got a call back for the play. Like this is very low on the list, but like if you ever wanted to understand why both of them should have been called back for a dramatic role, it is this scene right here. We are so blessed. <laughs> it is wild. Like, I love Donna and David just like sitting on the floor. Just like, if we don't move, they can't see us. It should have been that gif of like, you know, Michael Jackson eating the popcorn, like in the <laughs> movie theater or whatever. So excited. It should have been that. Like, because yeah, Brenda comes into the beach apartment. She's angry that Kelly got the call back. And then, because remember, last episode was when it basically ended with Laura telling Brenda that she went to get, that Kelly went to get coffee with Randolph afterwards and made it sound like it was just her and Randolph. But then we get the facts and Kelly claims that there are more people who went to coffee there too. It was, it was all the people that were there late, um, mm-hmm. not just her. And then Brenda response was such a petty actor comment. Stab me in the back, I bleed. Like, I loved she's it. So, <laughs> she's so dramatic. I love her so much. Oh. And then, like, yeah, it's just, like, quippy back and forth and back and forth. And then they end with, like, why don't you get a life of your own and stop stealing mine? And Kelly's like, I've got a life of my own. And Brenda's all, yeah, I know all about it. Like, <laughs> Guys, we need to appreciate this. We only have this for like three more episodes. I know. I feel like I want to bottle this scene and just like keep it forever. It's this scene and the scene uh, where they confront each other about the cheating. It's the park scene and the beach apartment scene. It's those two scenes. God, that was so good. I just, I can't get over it. Like, don't get me wrong. Luke Perry is a beautiful man, but, like, Dylan is not this magical. No. They go to a big public university in Southern California. Do you know how many attractive men must go to that university? Seriously. Like, how – and they and Kelly lives in a beach apartment. How has she not seen some, like, jock outside playing volleyball or something? That, like, wants to go to the parties with her. This is what I don't get. Dylan does not want to do anything these girls want to do. Exactly. And, like – Kelly clearly does not want to do the things that Dylan wants to do. I don't understand why everyone is so obsessed with him. I can't get over it. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of, like, that's a great segue because at the Peach Pit, that's the next scene. At the Peach Pit, Dylan is basically telling Kelly that she can't back out of this little beach trip. That's going to be her, Dylan, Erica, Suzanne, and Kevin because they already made the plans, like, yada, yada, yada. And this is also where, because we, again, have to have the love triangle. Dylan's taking up for Brenda with the whole callback thing, you know, presumably because he is what he's saying is probably true. It's just not what you say to your girlfriend. Is that like, you know, of course, this is her passion. She loves this. And she's mad at you because you said you didn't even like want to audition for the main role. So whatever. And it's like, yeah, Dylan, that's logically it makes sense. But you don't say it. Right. Like I I just don't get why everyone likes Dylan. Like if (laughs) me and my best friend were in a fight and I was so convinced I was right and I was at the angry part where I just wanted someone to listen to me 
And John was just like, okay, fine, but look at it from Blank's point of view. I'd be like, that's not what I asked for. Right. It's it's almost like, but a little different of in Parks and Recreation when Anne's pregnant and Chris keeps trying to solve all her problems instead of Anne just needing to hear, oh, that really sucks. Like, she just needs to vent. She doesn't need solutions. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And meanwhile, Dylan's just like, yeah, but what does Brenda think of what you did? <laughs> Let's make sure we understand all sides here. Not the time, Dylan. Right? Just be like, oh, that really sucks that you and your friend are fighting. If this is something you want to do, you should go for it. Like, he can even, like, subtly try and throw things in there to be like, you know you don't actually want to do this. Mm-hmm. But then, exactly. like, that's when Steve and Brandon come in. Uh, Steve, I don't remember exactly what they said, but... Steve, like, asks Kelly about Claire and then brings up the handcuffs. But then Kelly's just like, I don't have time for this. I have to go. Yeah, because basically she has to go get the one-on-one lessons from Roy Randolph. And – or, yeah, yeah, Kelly – yeah, Kelly's the one that has to get the one-on-one. And Kelly gets really defensive because she doesn't have the resume. Brenda thinks she owns the part. Um, already and then she even says to Steve or no she doesn't say that she has she says to Dylan because Dylan is still just like beating the Brenda drum she's like well Laura has Steve and Brenda has you so oh yeah I I wrote that down (laughs) yeah like and how does he not get this in his head of just like I'm fucking up right now it's because he doesn't he doesn't care he's got other things on his mind Right. Like he's just he's very one track Erica and Suzanne lately. And Kelly has. We're I think we're a little bit finally seeing not finally because we've seen little like breadcrumbs of it. But Kelly and Dylan have always been much more physical than emotional. And it kind of proves it with this episode because like Dylan, not that they like get all hot and heavy or anything, but it's like Dylan doesn't care. Like, Dylan just doesn't care what's going on with Kelly. He always cared what was going on with Brenda, though, which is interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, that's been a thing that Kelly's been jealous of before. And, like, I think, you know, it's definitely getting more obvious as this goes along that, like you said, like, Dylan has other things on his mind and he's not making the time for Kelly, whereas she feels like he'd be making the time for Brenda and, like, Mm-hmm. I'm just ready for them to break up and experience other people. Yeah, me too. I'm ready for some dating outside the friend group. I'm so ready for it. Like, we're almost to season five, so I feel like, you know, we get some new cast members coming in. We, like, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, I feel like technically almost all of them are single. Like, Steve's perpetually single, except for all of this making out with Laura that I'm not okay with. This is not cool. Right. We don't actually have proof whether or not Donna and David are back together. I'm still confused. I refuse to believe they're together. They don't seem like it. I mean, they either seem like an old married couple or they seem like just friends, but I don't know. I don't know. I need to, like, see them date or something to prove it. Right. And, like, Brandon's single, so, like, just break up Kelly and Dylan and let everyone be single for a season. Let everyone just, like, casually date yeah totally i'm sure fox will cover it just expand the cast 
There was one other thing I hated in the scene, and I don't exactly remember what led to it. I mean, it was around the conversation of Kelly, like, saying Laura has Steve and Brenda has you. But I think Steve at one point says that, like, Laura's even stopped eating because she's so stressed out about the callback. And I'm like, ugh, hate that. I just... Nothing about what happens with Laura is healthy. And, like, most of that is because of, you know, Laura and Steve, which I hate. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, the Laura stuff really stresses me out. Like, I kind of just want them to get rid of her just because, like, I can't handle it. Yeah, totally. But then we have to go to the theater. Um, And Roy is talking about the character Maggie the Cat and basically how alcoholism affects her. And so, obviously... Kelly and Brenda have experience with this because of Dylan, but Roy asks Kelly to talk to her about it um, and for them to, like, rehearse one of the parts or one of the scenes. Um, And before she actually goes into the rehearsal part of it, she not only talks about Dylan, but talks about her mom as well, which obviously we know Jackie was more of a, like, cocaine addict, but she also drank, so it's, you know, it's just addict behavior in general. But then, ugh, Roy Randolph, like, puts a hand on her shoulder, and I'm like, get away from her. Get away. (laughs) Right? Like, everything about him is just, like, stop it. Mm Mm-hmm. Stay away from everyone. You know who he kind of looks like? And I thought this was the same person, but it's not. Do you guys remember the movie The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Jack Black and Kate Winslet and Jude Law? Oh, Yeah. You know, Simon, the guy that um, Kate Winslet's character was hung up on. He had, like, the curly hair, and he was a jerk and all that. The the eyes, it's kind of the crazy eyes a little bit. Like, they have similar eyes. It's not the same person, but they look similar. I don't know why, but sometimes when I look at him, he reminds me of AJ from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Poor AJ. Just the teeniest bit. I think it's just because he has long, dark hair and the, the facial hair. I think that's it. Sure. Amazing. He looks like a grimy fucking pirate. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just realized like a minute ago that I called him Leo in my synopsis for some reason, and I don't know where I got that name, but... To be honest, <laughs> I thought you were just making a pop culture reference that I didn't get. Nope. <laughs> I looked it up, and I'm like, uh, I don't know where this fucking came from. His name is Roy, so my bad. <laughs> no, I was just like... I missed something funny, and I'm just I'm gonna go. I'm with rolling that. I'm with pretend. it. <laughs> it's improv. I'm gonna yes and. Yeah, that's right. Um, because yeah, I mean, that's the part where yeah, he like touches Kelly, and she goes to walk back, and uh, I think it's someone says that Kelly's an actress, and then Brenda leans over to Laura and is like, "Yeah, she pretends to be your friend." Yeah, like, so much catty, like, pettiness in this whole episode. It's bananas. It is bananas. Because, yeah, I mean, like, so the next scene is Kelly going to the beach with Dylan and Erica. But, like, real quick, I want to talk about the cattiness with Brenda and Donna trying to eat lunch together. Because this is where Donna's like, hey, don't forget we have sorority meeting tonight. And Brenda's like, no, I can't go. Because I need to study for callbacks. And then basically is just like Kelly's using her mother's drug addiction to get the part. She's talking mad shit. 
And like, I'm like, Brenda, be smart. Kelly and Donna are better friends than you and Kelly. Like, they live together. Yeah. No, I mean, when Brenda got arrested, she should have learned, like, everyone will turn their back on you before they'll turn their back on Kelly. Yup. Which, and like, then, I don't I don't love that, but, like, just, just think about it, you know? Like, we, we have a fact pattern. Like, we have mm-hmm. a history to prove this. And then she just keeps going because they end up seeing Roy and Laura walking together and Donna makes some comment about Laura spending this extra time with Roy because Brenda's already made comments about Kelly. And then she's like, Laura isn't sleazy. She's just trying to keep up. She's kind of a bitch in this episode. Like, damn, girl. She's so good at it, though. (laughs) Kind of like – Kind of love it. (laughs) She's so good. Like, I really don't think that other people could pull off these roles like these actors do. And, like, she's she's so mean, but she's so good at it. I love it. (laughs) And then, yeah, because while she's talking to Donna, Kelly's finally showed up at the beach where, like, Dylan and Erica are playing games and then she tries to talk about the play, and Dylan straight up just like, I don't want to hear about that. Come meet Kevin. Yep. And then I'm they sorry. go look at sewage. Yeah. He's like, come meet Kevin. Me and Kevin are leaving. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Also, Dylan didn't like really care about Kevin. I mean, he did. He practically saved his life. But like, nobody cares about Kevin. Like, why is Kevin important here? I mean, it's it's just a show that there's a connection and then – Dylan doesn't care about what Kelly has to say, but I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, if I were Kelly, I would have just left. I would have been so mad. And, like, she clearly does not feel comfortable being alone with Suzanne and Erica, which, like, I don't know. Maybe if they haven't spent a lot of time together, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. But, like, she even makes the comment that Erica is driving her nuts and that she came to the beach to be with Dylan and not be dumped with his little sister. Which, like, again, I get that. Like, if I don't know these people, I don't appreciate – I wouldn't appreciate being left alone with them. So I get it. And then it's, like, even worse because Dylan's just straight up ignoring her. And they even, like, argue even more. And Dylan's like, you're behaving like an actress or whatever, which is so dumb. And then Kelly (laughs) delivers a wonderful – Line is like, well, if you're going to go clean up the bay, maybe you should start with yourself. <laughs> Sick burn. Just just zingers all through this episode. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I guess they end beach day. I don't really know how they part ways because we, we don't come back to them until later when Kelly and Donna are sitting at the beach apartment that night and – Kelly's saying, like, she doesn't even want to do the play. She's only doing it because Dylan or because Brenda wants to do it and Dylan sided with her, which is like such a mature realization. Like, mm-hmm. Psych 101 is going real well for Kelly. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is classic Donna being the giver of advice, being, but like, not doing it in such a way that's like, here, see Brenda's point of view and only Brenda's point of view. It's like, well, hey, why don't you think about it this way? Or like, why are you really – like she goes full therapist on Kelly, which is great in classic Donna because then she actually does kind of get Kelly to see Brenda's point of view, which 
I don't think the whole goal of this was to say one person is right and the other person is wrong. It's just more, are you doing this for the right reason or are you not? And the same could be asked for Brenda. Like, is she really doing this because she ultimately really wants to act and wants this part? Or is she just trying to beat out Kelly? Yeah. And I mean, I will say, like, you know, Donna makes this comment saying that Brenda is still screwed up about Dylan picking Kelly over her, which, like, Kelly knows. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, like, rinse and repeat part that I'm like, how does this keep working? Right. Right. Totally. We know this. This is Mm -hmm. not news. But it does work. And Kelly goes to the Walsh's house to tell Brenda that she's dropping out of the play. Brenda's like, well, you have to tell Roy, like, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, because I don't want him to think that I made you drop out of the play. Yeah. And then Kelly's like, oh, I never wanted to be an actress. I only did it because every time something good happens to Brenda, Kelly feels left behind, which I swear, like, we just had this conversation three episodes ago, maybe? It's just crazy, like, all the baggage they're just unpacking here. Because they even go back to, like, the first shopping trip they went on together. And it's like, Kelly only got that dress because, like, Brenda got it. Or, some, or like, Brenda wanted it. And she was going to look really good in it. So Kelly's like, ooh, let me steal this away. Like, man. They, they're so wild. Like, I, just, I don't have another word for it. I feel like I use that word so much. But, like, it's true. It's just, you know, it's – it makes me wonder – I mean, it's not, it's not a talk. It's, it's not a good relationship. It's toxic, which sucks because they had such great moments until a stupid boy got in the way. Can't let boys get in the way. I know. We skipped over one scene that's not anything to do with Brenda and Kelly, but like, I just want to gloss over it because I also hate it. Steve is like coaching Laura and I cannot with the accents. I cannot. I... I struggle really hard to even give Steve and Laura any time. Like, yeah. it deserves to be spoken about because it is there and it is a thing. But I hate it. Like, yeah, Laura is not good. She's getting <laughs> way too up on Steve. Steve is getting way too up on her. And then he, yeah, basically gives her this nighty and is like, it worked for my mom. And I'm like, is that your mom's nighty? I said the same thing. I was like, surely that's not her nighty. <laughs> I hate it. I hate everything they do with him. God. And then, like, yeah, the the last scene that we see with all of them, well, I guess, like, kind of second to last, but, like, the last big thing that really happens is the actual auditions because Kelly's there to support Brenda is, like, massaging her shoulders and, like, it, it makes me so angry because they show them being such good friends and in, like, one hour of TV time, they're going to hate each other again. You know know. it. It's crazy. Like, Roy shows up with Laura, gives this little speech. Kelly tells him that she's dropping out of the play. And then Roy kisses her on the forehead and says, you could have been a contender. Kelly's face. Kelly's face. Was hilarious. She looked like she was about to break. Like, I legitimately was like, oh, my God, did they could they not get through this scene or was that the actual direction? Because her face like she legitimately looked like she was about to burst out laughing. And I was like, I wonder if this was the best take they could get. 
it Ugh. was it was like the stupidest thing he could have said. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have been able to get through it. Wasn't that from like Rocky or something? Um, I, th- I think it's from like or Raging the Godfather. Bull. It's like yeah, oh. it's one of those like big movies. Okay. But yeah, I was like, I mean, I guess it fits, but why? I know. And like, it was terrible. What? What teenage girl watching nine hundred two one zero is like? Ah, yes, Raging Bull. I identify. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but yeah, they so they go inside. Laura auditions before Brenda. For some reason, we watch a lot of Laura's audition, like a lot. You are a wonderful lover. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like when it's I try so and do accents. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're actors, ladies. Like, legitimate actors. <laughs> and apparently, this horrible accent really psychs Brenda out. Yeah. She's probably thinking, crap. You mean to tell me I got to go out there? And fake the accent I know how to do. (laughs) Okay. Which is worse? Laura's southern accent or Brenda's French accent? Brenda's French. I think it's Brenda's French. I think it has to be. Yeah. The only reason I think it has to be is because, like, there is people who legitimately have those southern accents. Like, I'm thinking of Steel Magnolias and Fried Green Tomatoes. Like, I'm pretty sure... Those were legit accents. And Nate's step-grandparents have almost that kind of accent. So, yeah, probably Brenda's French accent. (laughs) Like, thinking about that makes me think, like, yeah, maybe Brenda shouldn't be an actor. (laughs) But, yeah, she gets up, messes up her audition. She, like, forgets some lines and ends up just running out. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when Claire shows up. Brandon puts on a much better acting scene than anybody else did. Yeah. And then, then I guess auditions are over. Auditions are over. We don't know the result. We just know that Brenda wasn't good. And then later on, like at Dylan's, Kelly shows up and they sort of make up. And then Dylan says he'll try to listen. And Kelly's all like, you can't just pick and choose what you want to listen to. Which like, yeah, duh. That's the whole point of a relationship. God. And that's what's wrong with Dylan and Kelly. Like, legitimately. They need to break up. They do. And then, yeah, the the episode ends with Brenda going to Roy and, like, almost definitely sleeping with him to get the role. Like, I don't – I don't like it. Well, and you notice she's in a black dress this time, not a white dress. Oh, yes. Which, like, if Brenda is consenting and, like, wants to sleep with him to get the role, she is very sultry and can be very confident and can do whatever she wants with her body. I just hope she doesn't feel like she has to. That's all I'll say about that. And that's the thing is I think there's, like, a power dynamic there and that she does feel like she has to and that, like, her sleeping with him – will determine whether or not she gets the part. And, like, Mm -hmm. he's got a reputation that precedes him. We have evidence from previous episodes that he does this with young actors. 
So, like, not a fan of it. This is the second time that Brenda has, well, I don't want to say she's been attracted to because she's not into Roy Randolph. Like, she's not. But this is the second time she has, I guess, sort of attempted to get with her acting superior. Because in high school, remember the, what was his name? Mr. Suter. Uh, yeah, Mr. Suter. Oh my God, the slap heard around the world. <laughs> How did so, I forget about Mr. Suter? I know. He was one of the more attractive of the like older power dynamic situations. Creepy Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's creepy, but I guess if I was going to choose between Creepy Roy and Creepy Chris. Well, and lest we forget Mr. Myers. Oh my <laughs> what is with this show? This is this is not healthy. We have to end or we're going to keep naming things and just make me upset. You're right. Yeah. So, okay. Quote of the week. You guys got to guess. Week. I got to find it. Okay. I don't think this is your quote of the week, but I'm picking Andrea Zuckerman at the Peach Pit. Look, I liked being virgins with you. I really did. <laughs> That's that was mine too. That was the only quote I wrote down in this entire episode, and it was that one. That's hilarious. I think um, if if this episode hadn't happened with the Brenda and Kelly stuff, it absolutely would have been my quote of the week because it's hilarious. Um, but my quote of the week is the whole first scene <laughs> <laughs> because starting in, like predominantly starting with stab me in the back, I bleed. And then ending with, I've got a life of my own. Yeah, I know all about it. Just because, again, like we're we're only going to have like three episodes left of this. We got to appreciate it. And it's just brilliant. It's the best acting of the show. Um, and it's the best chemistry. Like we've said it a million times. They, Brenda and Kelly, Jenny Garth and Shannon Doherty have the best chemistry on the show. I really kind of hope that after Brenda leaves, like – we at least get mentions of her and she doesn't completely just fall off the show. Yeah. Yeah. That like, wouldn't, I mean, we'd have to because Brandon, Jim and Cindy are still there, but it would Brandon kind of just be doesn't have a twin anymore. It would be so on brand if they just dropped her. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't talk about the other one. They pull an Arrowverse and make Brenda like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That'd be so good. <laughs> oh my god. That's it, y'all. What an episode. I know. What happens next week? Well, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but <laughs> <laughs> the episode is season four, episode 29. We're nearing the end, guys. Season four, episode 29, Truth and Consequences. Okay. So it could be about Claire and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Could be about Brenda sleeping with Captain Roy. <laughs> Captain Leo Roy. <laughs> I don't know where that really, name came from. <laughs> I really like Leo better than Roy. We should just stick with Leo. Yeah, it's a much better name. Okay. No, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling like some good stuff is going to come to the end. I kind of really want it to be Claire and Brandon. Like, I do want to, you know – let Brenda's storyline play out since she's leaving. 
Mm-hmm. But I also really want it to be Claire and Brandon because, like, I'm in on this Claire destroys everything and Brandon doesn't get to meet the president thing. Well, that and it's like we haven't really been given enough time to flush out the whole Brandon Claire thing. So let's let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'll we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast. You can also send us an email. Um, you know what? Send us your quote of the week because there's a lot of good ones in this one. Um, or any of your other thoughts about anything else um, or anything you'd like um, to have us talk about or whatever you want to. Hey, just like if we're, you're having a good day and want to send us an email, you can do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast apps and subscribe, rate, review. You know, five stars really helps us get seen. You can share it with all your family. If you leave us a review, we'll shout you out on the podcast. All that fun stuff. So go do it. Just do it, okay? (laughs) And I guess until then, we'll see you next week. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm... sea sludge (laughs) I'm Captain Leo I had something and I completely forgot it bye (laughs) bye see ya